Hello, everybody. Um, so uh, we're all here. We're all we're still doing an episode, but yeah, yeah, we're here. We felt it kind of inappropriate to do like a regular episode of Riverdale right now because of what's going on in the political climate currently. So uh, obviously, right now there's a pretty fraught political situation, uh, mm-hmm. especially like we want to take a stance and kind of take this episode to talk about some of the stuff we've kind of iterated on our Twitter, on our social media, which is obviously we are uh, a Black Lives Matter podcast. We are for Black Lives Matter. Uh, We support defunding the police. Uh, We do not support the violence that is going on and the systemic racism that's happening. Mm -hmm. Fuck the police. Um, And we kind of did a whole Riverdale live stream on our TV co, but that obviously didn't get saved, which I don't know why. But uh, I wanted to like, we all wanted to. Uh, talk about it pretty much have an open conversation mm-hmm. about racism our own privilege and uh racism in riverdale because obviously we are a all-white podcast talking about a very problematic show yeah and you know it's yeah. bad when we notice it rather actively yeah. <laughs> like, like you, when us right so white privileged people notice how much and from the get-go you know from the beginning we've noticed who's not getting their dues right and it's no secret. Yeah, we've been very open about it on this podcast, too. If you go back and listen to our episodes, we talk about mm-hmm. how Ashley Murray is, like, underrepresented in the show. All the pussycats get treated like shit. The fact that one of the pussycats never even speaks in the show. Ashley like, Brom has been so... I'm so proud of her right now. Like, I just want to say I'm so... Um, maybe proud is not the right word, but I'm happy that she is. she feels comfortable enough to speak out and say... I'm not a background actor, and that's what I was treated like for three seasons on this show. And I think that it's amazing that she is saying that because she said it before. She has said it before. There have been interviews. She did an interview with Vogue and with Cosmopolitan where she talked about the fact that she didn't get any lines. Um, But I'm glad that people are starting to listen. Yeah. And that's the thing that, like we should acknowledge is that like people have been saying this like we've been like they've been out here saying this like we've all noticed it some of us have called it out but now now it feels like a tipping point where people are finally listening and taking action i think it's unfair to make it seem like from our like obviously from our privilege and from from many people's privilege many white people um and many people of color who are not black uh their privilege in uh saying that they like that in the present climate i'm like this has always been happening i think that people lose steam and whatever else and because we're in a pandemic people seem to think that it's this like new thing everyone could talk about but it's something that we should we should have always been harder on right like we should have always been harder on our leaders on the police. Yeah, like the fact that the police ha- budget has been just going up right what every the year. Fuck? Goes to show. And like, fuck? Especially yeah, and like, like uh, I, well, I think of like today, I watched a John Oliver video, which is disturbingly mm-hmm. still relevant because it talks about the uh, Michael Brown case back in like 2014, right? Right. 2014. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. we just keep, and then the list of names keeps growing and growing of like mm-hmm. violence against uh, black people and people of color from our uh police uh how people are represented Mm -hmm. in hollywood like it just feels like uh yeah it just keeps getting delayed and it feels like we just keep repeating this conversation so hopefully yes maybe because people are quarantined now that they feel trapped enough that they want to do something about it 
Yeah. And that's part of it. I just feel ashamed. I feel like, I feel like it's not that, it's obviously that we've always cared. We are white, um, queer people who have our own set of issues, of course, obviously. Um, But we are also, we live in a very leftist pinko bubble. Oh, very. So many of our friends are, you know, on the left side of things and care about these issues. And I feel like it is, it's shameful that we care, but we aren't, we weren't looking into the systems that were making these things prevalent. Yeah. And even like the conversation around performative allyship is Mm -hmm. a big one that we're having right now is that a lot of people in the past have posted their little version of a black square and have been like, well, I'm good for today. Like I've shown Mm -hmm. my support and it's like, that didn't do shit. Yeah, like, like I have a black friend. It's like, okay. Yeah. What? Like, <laughs> it's, right. it's honestly insane how, like, how much we've talked about this and how much it's still, like, the same thing over and over and over mm-hmm. again. And, like, I know that, like, I've tried to call it out. I mean, yes. I as as uh, you guys know, I'm very mm-hmm. call-out culture. I have called people out for oh, yes, bullshit behavior. <laughs> And, but I've also been silenced for it too. So like, yeah. I understand why people haven't, I've, this is a, I've been having a lot of conversations with my white friends about this mm-hmm. and they talk about how they haven't been speaking out and like why that is. And I'm like, at the end of the day, we all want to be liked. We all want to be popular. We all yep. don't want to say the wrong thing. And well, that's and it's part of it. I, it, and it's because, you know, me too. I, uh, me too. Um, but you wrong know, thing, wrong one, uh, wrong movement. But, but you know, I mean, you both know that I speak out about stuff a lot. I literally mm. have no yeah. problem doing it. But yes, I also get shit on all the time for those things. You know, everybody's going to have an opinion. And I think yeah. it, it does come to a point where you have to be like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Like, I don't care. Um, And I do think it's like, you know we have a privilege because we are three white people who started a podcast together yeah we get it like you know what i mean like i mean we get that we did that like we <laughs> yeah. know that we did that we have a We're podcast not... we get it we... <laughs> <laughs> yes you know that very oppressed no. group of people podcasters yeah. us um, yes yeah. three podcasters but with but our, our also, microphones in our houses <laughs> yeah but i will say to this that like we started this podcast out of a feeling of uh, especially because we are all comedians that live in Toronto yes. in the part of the comedy community. And Toronto yes. comedy culture is very anti-calling out people. It and is. people who speak out are very yep. like silenced and oppressed and don't get mm-hmm. opportunities so they can never succeed. Yeah. So we started this podcast pretty much out of a like necessity to like create and do something that the comedy community wasn't giving us because we were speaking out about these issues too. It, yeah. it was a, so, a huge wake of it too. Like for my own example, um, I am the least call outy, I think, out of the three of us in this group. Like I typically prefer not to take things because you're a sweet treat. Well, I yeah. I personally don't know how much uh I can like change people's minds if i get to i i mean i also am like um, my name is bridget for a reason i like my bridges i don't burn them uh, <laughs> oh, see, she's so sweet. uh i well i just think it's like you never know and, and people are humans and i uh mm-hmm. there are very few true psychopaths out there you know what i mean but oh, there was one theater that i am very actively a part of which will probably out this theater very easily um where I remember I was doing a show. It's a professional show. The cast mm-hmm. is quite petite. There's only about five to six people. And mm-hmm. uh, it's to a regular human 
a muggle audience, I guess you could say. Like, lots of people who just, like, come to see comedy. It's, like, the only improv show they ever see. Um, And a consistent issue with it is that it was an all-white cast. And, like, I remember in, like, 2019 thinking, like, but the audience is not because Toronto is not all-white, right? So, yeah. Uh, I and another disturbing it always disturbed me was that uh, the women in the cast were always kind of you could describe us as the same woman all petite oh, no. blonde. I don't know what this is but I love thinking about what it could be uh, <laughs> and I just was like starting to notice this and I remember at one point I had talked to being because uh, we were I think it was the time the theater was trying to like kind of it has a bit of a, a reputation uh, uh, amongst oh then I know which one you're talking about um, of <laughs> yeah. like not necessarily being a safe space for women so like yeah. um, so like they have a hard time having women performers stick around and right? hasn't been called out it uh, had been called as out yay, as of um, late and mm-hmm. i had had a show experience where it was a student show where i was performing as ooh the mm-hmm. experienced person you want to be like on stage and one of the students said something quite racist and i oh, talked God. to the person afterwards who was running it being like that was really racist did you check in with her is she okay uh and instead was talking to the lady who was racist to her. You know what I mean? Like, oh but not God. like, tell, did you tell her she was being racist? And then he was like, it's no big deal. You're making a big deal out of this. So I like vague raged on Instagram being like, uh-huh. when you, you're calling out shit and people don't listen and people are like, oh, you know, because like when you, uh-huh. you ra- vaguely rage, people want to listen then suddenly. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. And then- they love a rage. I brought it up yeah. to the producer of the next, the professional show I was doing, being like, you know, if you want this place to like, I think it would be important to have people of color playing the show because this is the professional show and you're more yeah. likely to prove to your audience that that could be them less than me. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, how, because I've had that experience. How fucking powerful is it when you see someone like yourself on stage being so mm-hmm. fucking funny in front of like a hundred people? It's so powerful. Like, uh, so, like, part of me realized it's like, if you really want to, ch- if you're asking me hu- humbly how you think you should change this, is that's the, you should ask, like, there's so many performers, you know, and then like list off like three or four being like, they would be completely, at, you know, at the level of experience you need to do this show. And so, like, you should yeah. probably have them in the regular rotation instead of having a cast of six white people that you regularly Absol- rotate. Absolutely. And it really is. Um, we can say all fucking day long that it's the pro that it's the um producer's fault or the theater's fault, but the really it is that the onus is on us to speak out against that. And, and then I realize say that. Yeah. not doing the shows. And then here's yes. uh, so I'm gonna admit fully on this podcast, on the record, I didn't fight enough. I was complicit. Mm-hmm. The way I decided to uh at least not not against like I still said yes to doing the show. But yeah. yeah. I decided for when i produced my own stuff that i wanted mm. to make sure i i well i also had an experience with being in a troupe with an uh and a house team in um another in another theater group that is also quite predominant in toronto where she was mm. the only uh person of color on our team and i remember her because we became quite close that she would say like you know she feels like a token on the team right and like i yeah because you're like i'm the only one here who has these experiences so like yeah for me as a producer like my goal is i never want any of my cast members to feel like 
they're mm-hmm. a token. You know what I mean? I want them to feel like they deserve to be there. So the reality yes. is then is that you can't just have like one person of color and then you, know, you did it. You know what I mean? No, you can't say that. And I think that like, and I can, I can fully admit there were tons of times I was on teams that were fully white. There's tons of shows I've been on that are fully white. And like, um, I've been doing this since I was 18. I'm 32. And I can, you know, you could say forever, like, oh, it's the theaters. Like, no, there were no people of color. There were no black people. And it's like, that's just inherently not true. And I can fully say that, like, most of my friends, I'm a queer white woman. Most of my friends are white women. Not all queer. Like, that's, like, that's me. I can fully say so many of my friends that I made through improv and comedy white women like that's and that's just a fact and I wish that I could go back in time and change that but like I can't right like I like I I can't and it is on me it's on me 32 year old me to be doing comedy with with people of color with black people with my black friends and like yeah. like you know i can name a billion shows i can like me as a producer i can name shows where i've as far as i can think i haven't done a show where i didn't try to get more more queer more queer people and more people of color on my shows but there are definitely times I could have fought harder for that. Absolutely. Yeah. And even as us, as a podcast, we try to get guests that are like yeah. a wide range of our friends and mm-hmm. try and also take into consideration the diversity of our guest list. Because uh, yeah. we try, like, uh, and we try to have also people that are like, that we like like it's not like a we're doing as as a diversity thing we're doing as like we have friends that are people of color and we like them and they like riverdale and we should have them on the podcast and have been part of the show before so we like they know like where we're coming from right riverdale improvised and that's what it was was we started the podcast with our friends who had been on our improv show and you know and it was an improv show that i that i casted and that i produced and i tried to be very conscious of who was on it because there were people of color on the real show. But yeah. I I know for a fact I didn't always look hard enough or maybe ask the right people or, you know, like. Mm-hmm. And that's it. It's like asking the right people. I, I hear the excuse from so many producers that mm-hmm. I tried and I couldn't get any. And it's like, no. well, there are a I ton of tried people harder. out here performing. Like, mm-hmm. there are mm-hmm. so many people of color in the city. I can name a bunch. And I've try to cast all of them like yeah i have a lot of friends who are like poc i try to cast all of them when i produce shows too and i i try to think about like going as far back as when i started producing shows yeah i don't ever feel like i had an all-white cast so, so i hope not and if i have yeah. please call me out like i'm also willing to like 
be dragged in public for not doing enough. Oh but my also, god, drag me whenever. Like I don't yeah. give a like. It's not the conversation's not about me. Here it is. Like it's just yeah, not about exactly. me. Exactly. Also, so I feel like drag me if you want to. Uh, <laughs> in response to people yeah. who say that, because like that happens. Yeah. Like, why couldn't I get women on shows? I think you need right. to be self reflective. You question your own motives. Of, like, so why would you say no to a show? Right. Is it because you don't feel safe, right? So yeah, make your well, show safer. Yeah, well, why would you say no to the show? And I was think I was really racking my brain about Riverdale Improvised. I was really thinking about it because obviously I had uh, in Cassie on there because she's my friend. Yeah. Um, but as far <laughs> Cassie's as Cassie's been on the pod. Yes, and but as far as I know, that's the only black woman I had on the show. Oh no, that's not true. Coco oh played God. the show as well. You had Coco and Daphne. Coco did play the show. Daphne played the show. A few other people played the show, but it was like, I could have made the call to do the show later in the month. Like, you know what I mean? Change the dates. Or change the casting. Like, don't have as big of a cast. Change the casting because, like, I could have totally done that. And we were like, and, you know, you can always say, like, well, I was new to producing this show. So we were just going, we were just winging it. Because especially because we got press right away, right? So we... Yeah, I guess we were just winging it. We wanted it to be a monthly. Corey and I wanted it to be a monthly show, but honestly, looking back on it, I'm like, I could have tried harder. I could have got. I know standups who like the show. Like, I could have really, yeah, pushed for more. Yeah. Also, part of it is that like casting people of color in other roles that are mm-hmm. not people of color roles too. Yes. Like that's also part of it too, because uh, I've uh, upon a lot of my research and uh, learning. Uh, like I saw this video, uh, it was called, uh, white creatives. Do I have your attention? Yes. It talks about how she taught, she only gets roles because mm-hmm. of the color of her skin, not for her talent. And that's, yes. and that for me is insane. Is that like anybody can play any role regardless of like where, whatever their background is. I firmly believe that. And I know that's like a very like yep. alt-righty answer to like when, why there's all white people on a people on a cast. But like, for me, it's like. I cast people of color in yep. roles that I'm like, I think that this person, I think that this, like I cast, like I cast a Cassie a lot because I mm-hmm. love her style. Like I like, I love she, her. She's, she's like, funny I, as fuck. Like, obviously I yeah, cast so her like, in a lot of things. She's been my friend for yeah. 13 years. I cast her in stuff because she's my friend, but yeah. also because she's so fucking good. Like I yeah. want my good friend who's good at stuff, but like, and even I write roles for her in mind. So like mm-hmm. I will write for her voice to make her, I'm like, I'm like, I know I love what you do. Here's yes. like something that I've written. Cause before this, I was working on another writing project with Candace and mm-hmm. Bridget and mm-hmm. we we're all going to do it. But obviously yeah. pandemic happened and that never happened. Someday. Uh, and I actively <laughs> wrote for people. I was like this person mm-hmm. I love. And like, I thought that cast was pretty i mean i might edit all this out because this is very much making it about me right. <laughs> but um like I, I try to make that cast as as diverse as possible yeah and i never really thought about like i thought about like my friends who like riverdale like this style mm-hmm. of comedy who i think would be good in these roles and like it just happened it just ended up being very diverse so yes and when i needed extremity people i try to think as diverse as possible yeah. so well like, and i, I mean, try like- to think about it yeah Oh, I was just going to say, because I think, because we keep circling on the same idea, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like, I'm trying to be, but clearly it's still not quite working, right? Because like, exactly. clearly people are still underrepresented. Yeah. So it maybe mm-hmm. means it's like, we have to rethink the structure of a show altogether. And like, how do you, uh, like, I, maybe that's like, because I feel like that's like what happens is like, this is the mm-hmm. excuses that we put ourselves in to, to still sort of deflect 
because you're like well, I, I also tried think already, right? Which means it's like yeah. it's structures of power more than structures mm-hmm. of shows. Like yes. because for me, it's like I'm making a writing project. I'm making this podcast. Yeah, I have no real influence. Like I'm, I have like for the little influence that I have, and like for the little influence that we have, I've tried to yes. educate people and be diverse and be as diverse as for possible. For the two hundred per- people who listen to that one episode of our podcast, yes, <laughs> like, exactly. Geez, Hope Louise. they listen but to another one. Like, like I, I try to be as diverse with the power that I'm given, but it is kind of a systemic problem where, yeah, uh, like. Famously now, Second City has been called out for the way that they treat POCs. Yep. And Baltimore Improv had that huge explosion, too. And they've also been called out for women. They've been called out for homophobia. Vancouver theater sports is just freaking been riddled. (laughs) Yeah. They're done. Yeah, What's disturbing is that- And these are institutions- that have like clout sorry bridget oh i was just um, gonna say the, to finish the thought is it's disturbing is i don't think we've heard from anyone in the current yes. um leadership roles there saying what they're going to do right it's just the people who are yes. like i'm leaving sorry so you're yep. like this doesn't that doesn't help doesn't help anybody no yeah. and it's so that's thing, it's- weird how many people how many leaders are not speaking up i'm like this is not the time yeah. for you to stay quiet but all right you bury your hand head in the sand all you want like people are yeah. coming for you, so well, I don't know. Like I know they, you should be making concrete chant, concrete changes. Yeah, and that's the thing people are coming for is the like power that these institutions have because mm-hmm. I I I made I work at Second City in a professional yeah. development program, so I don't get paid. So yeah, I've written to them and I've said that like, uh, like working at second city is a covet and it is a privilege it's a uh-huh. it's a coveted spot it's it's gives you clout yeah. so when people of color and women and uh, lgbtq people have a harder time making it through the system they have to work 10 times harder at their other projects to uh-huh. be recognized on the same level as a main stage credit yeah so you're making them do all that work so that they can get recognized by you so that they can start over from the system that you're in place and also i will say at second city too that like um kirsten rasmussen posted a tweet that was basically uh, the note that things aren't second city enough or people aren't second city enough or ideas aren't second city they've said that a thousand times about so many people and that's a note yeah that's a note that i get frustrated at so much and that i've heard all Mm -hmm. the time when i put when i come up with mainly queer stuff like i put put forth yeah i put forth a song and it was queer. It was like uh-huh. basically this like stupid song that was from a queer perspective. I ran it by you guys. I ran it by my boyfriend. I ran it by a lot of comedians because I was, was like funny. nervous about it because I'm like, it might be too, it might be too gay, but it, it was funny yep. and I was ultimately believed in it. I sent it to her and the note that I got was, this is not, uh, this is not, I would not see this on the stage. It is not Second City enough, which is basically telling. And also, you got to look at like the foundation of your core beliefs and where yep. that comes from because yep. it comes from cis straight white men who thought they were funny and that's the and that's the model you're telling pocs and lgbtq people to for, com, uh conform into well that, that made not me making comedy so, for us that made yeah. me so mad like when you told me that it made me so angry because i'm just like so we're just all not supposed to say our own experiences we're supposed to make up jokes that are not our own experiences to make you comfortable well, that's the thing. It's like they want us to like. This is the thing about Second City. They want us to use our experience, mm-hmm. but to conform it into this cis straight white mm-hmm. male perspective from Markham that they can sell it to, right? Yes. So yeah, bring us. And to then, then a lot of people who don't play ball with that ultimately get penalized and they don't move up in the yeah. company, and then they have to work twice as hard to get recognition in the comedy community. Well, so for that, we're... it's like you got to look at 
that's why we're having these conversations about privilege specifically because it again it disproportionately affects people of color but it also affects queer people and specifically women too i've yes. like in 2018 i saw sexism in a writer's room and but how for that is insane for me yes it's insane and like this is like like we've been asking the question of the second city though for years why no black women are on main stage that's been a <laughs> that's been years even though we that's know been since yeah. i've been fact, in the comedy community there like that's been... are plenty of women in the community who are at that caliber yes. Absolutely. Yeah. There are people who I are mean, so going back to Nakasi. Yeah. Yeah. Daphne yeah. Well, as Nikassi. well is also Nikassi's like. Uh-huh. Been, Nikassi and Daphne have been working for that company in Edco yes. for so long. Yes. And the there's fuck? been no talk of moving them into Turco, into main stage. It's like this thing that they just refuse to mm-hmm. do. And These like, are two good writers that's... who are funny, who have great timing. They, are, they work well with others. Yeah. And they're still like, no. And it's so bizarre what because. It's like, it's so deeply rooted in racism because it's like, obviously, well, in a a way where you're like, wow, so much of this could change if you just changed your marketing strategy. If you just Mm -hmm. stopped aiming for the 50-something-year-old white man from Markham, like, as your main audience. Why is that your audience? Why do you care about that being your audience? Like, Like, why is that so Black people have money. They can spend, like, they can, there's, they want to be, have entertainment too, right? Like, look, there's so many industries that are about that. I, I was just thinking of a great example of a different yeah. industry, uh, mm-hmm. like the makeup industry. And yes. then when Fenty yes. Beauty decided, hey, let's have a shade range for everybody. And then they just right? sold, oversold, oh uh, you know, beyond every other makeup company. Because they're like, yes. it's this weird belief that they're like, oh, there's no way this group of people has disposable income. Like, that's what it seems like. Like, why wouldn't they change? It's like so simple. You can change your marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. And they choose not to. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. Is it? I've been spending yeah. too much time with my dad, where I'm like, as a business model, this makes no sense to me. No, but, but um, it, well, it's even is, like a lot of the stuff about that's why the that's why um, industries like the fashion industry are so racist and not willing to change. Yeah. Right. Like, because, and it comes like, back it, to like a lot of what we've been talking about during the pandemic, which is mm-hmm. like capitalism just doesn't work because yes. it disproportionately affects white people over people of color. So people, yep. people of color don't get a lot of money because they have to work all these jobs to like support themselves at mm-hmm. minimum wage. They get below, they get even like when they get to professional careers, they get paid less than their white counterparts mm-hmm. because yes. they don't ask for it. Cause they're just, they're just happy to be there because this is a white industry and they're giving mm-hmm. them an opportunity and like that's the, this is the conversation that we've been having is that like again like we all live in Canada so we all benefit from the Canadian Emergency Response Benefit so yep. we were all being paid during this time to be able to like live our lives during the pandemic mm-hmm. so like Antonis uh, who's also been on the podcast posted this long status about how mm-hmm. if it hadn't been for Serb I don't think we would be talking about this as seriously as we have or reflecting on this because we wouldn't have yes. the time or the mental energy the money, we'd all be working. the energy like yeah exactly yeah we'd, we'd be, be all trying to the... hustle to get jobs cheapest of grains trying to figure out how to absolutely. survive <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah, it's like... and I totally agreed with what he was saying is like we now have like the opportunity to give a fucking shit about our fellow humans right like Mm-hmm. God, it shouldn't take this. Like, and a lot of it's just I, I feel know. like it's believing people, which is yes, odd how hard it's as well. But I also then I think it's very important to always remember 
your own journey to come to these conclusions because I think that's what's going to help contribute to bringing more people to this to the point where they need to start caring like for me I I've definitely like said like I didn't really learn true empathy until I started walking animals you know what I mean like understanding it's not always about me and not everyone has learned that yet well even I saw a Twitter thread like I don't know who it's from again I've just been on Twitter so it's just so much um someone posted a Twitter thread about how this has been like police brutality has been happening to white people and now that's why people care it's yes, because white women are worried terrible. about their white children yep. uh, getting tear gassed, getting beaten by police for going to protests. Well, and that's something that like now white people are like, oh, maybe police are bad. Like we're having serious conversations about defunding the police that would have never happened yes. if this just was happening to people of color. Well, mm-hmm. it's because of their think they think that black people are less human. Yeah. And they've been and taught to think to. that way. I mean, we've we all been taught, been taught to think that yeah. We have been taught as white people yeah. to think that way. I have yeah, to, you like, like the thing is, it's like you have to take responsibility for the yes, demographic you, you exist in. Like, white women, suppre- you know, white women uh, partake in supremacy in more mm-hmm. insidious ways, I would say, because it's a lot about the manipulation of the system. Yep. Yeah. And that Ugh. can't be forgotten. And even, yeah, even like we're learning about how the school system is even colonized. Like, like in Canada, we don't learn about residential schools. We don't learn, we don't about, learn about, about our Africa. history. Like, it's insane. Like, we don't learn about. Like that's our history. That's part of it. It's not just mm-hmm. the we only learn about the white stuff. Like I don't give a yep. shit about John A. McDonald. I I care about the oppression of indigenous and black yeah. people. Or talk As about Africaville. Like that's uh, you know oh that Brandon Muhammad has been uh you know yeah. giving a history lesson to like pretty much everybody for free. No, well, also, even the Asian people of this country are were oppressed because they were the ones who built the fucking mm-hmm. railways. Like and it's always that's yes, the thing. It's, celebrated despite the body toll. Right? Like it's. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I, I. I will first and foremost say, like, Canada cannot pretend it's not the U.S. in this regard. You know what I mean? No. It the only can't. thing we have yeah. going for us is at least we don't have an unhealthy obsession with the right to bear arms. At yes, least we don't have that. But that's that is the only it. thing we have is that we don't have fucking. We're not obsessed with guns, but our cops still have guns. Right. Yeah. Our cops still fucking have guns. Our cops still use them. Should we start, um, start talking yeah. about? Because we've talked about it a little bit. But like break into like what it means to actually defund the police, because like, I think mm-hmm. this is such a great and important conversation because there's a lot of nuances to it, because I think like mm-hmm. for yes. anybody's first reaction to it would be like, no, but how we be safe. And you're like, OK, calm down. <laughs> like, well, there's... no, because they're not thinking about what that actually means and what that actually looks like. Mm-hmm. And that's about redistribute, like redistributing funds to give into community care. Which is something that dear old Dougie Ford's brother already took away from our city anyway. Yeah. Rob Ford took so much funding out of social services that, yeah, where is it going to go? Obviously to the police. Uh, Like, obviously. Yeah. And even the fact that, like, we've been conditioned to, like, have that response is to, like, the Mm -hmm. police keep us safe. It's, like, from what? Like, what has the police done? Like, we can't say that. The three of us can't say that. We're poor people. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? From what? They don't give a fuck about us. We're not paying they your taxes. About, like, 
<laughs> Sandy Hudson was on uh, CBC. That's, yes. a, that's the only name that I know because I saw that and that really like changed my perspective on like the police. I mean, like mm-hmm. I was already like fuck the police anyways, yeah. but like she she broke it down. It was a very problematic interview on the interviewer's part, but she did a great job of responding to it. I'm sorry. They need, the media needs to do something. What the I know. fuck is up? The media needs oppression need training. It. I mean, the lady was really, I thought she was Seriously. kind of funny though in a way that was like, because she was this like, but <gasps> I could be the police. here in the, <laughs> no, I could be mugged in the studio and you're like what is wrong with you like (laughs) to be fair i was really offended when she was like well what about police investigate rapes what about all the rape cases and she like like, i could see sandy just like break a laugh just being like i know really the police investigate that's your concern the police don't investigate rape cases are you you would know that the police don't give a fuck about you then like we went through me too you do realize what that was about police don't take us serious don't take women seriously like like, at all yeah. have said horrible things to female survivors like what like sh- what <laughs> did you realize that like i think it was i think it was minnesota or minneapolis i'm not sure it was one of the m cities in the states but like they have 1700 unsolved rape cases dating back uh two decades like what, what do you mean the police do are, you do, are, are through solving this? this stuff this is like a thing like, that like if you're if you are obsessed with law and order svu like many white women are you would realize that there are so many fucking rape kits just untested because the cops don't fucking care. Cops don't That's like shit. a huge part of that show. What are you talking yeah. about? I think the best and thing... And the thing is also... Yeah. Oh, I was going to say the best part about that interview is her being like, can you name something that the cops are actually good at, though? Like, what have <laughs> yeah. they done? And that's the thing that I'm saying, too, is that the she was saying that the police don't respond to violent crime as it's happening. So yes, they respond after. to it after the fact. So they're not keeping you safe during violent crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the violent crime will happen and then they will investigate the violent crime and then yeah. repercussions will happen. The yeah. If there is done. something that's in motion, she was like, there should be a tactical response unit that does respond to violent crime as it's happening. But more often, but we shouldn't prioritize that because that's not the norm. That's the yeah. minority. Yeah. Listen, we've only had one van guy in the last couple of decades. So <laughs> it's not like van oh, guy happens all yeah. the time. Right? And even then, he still yeah. got like what eleven people done before even police got there. Yes, still. Yeah, that's what I'm talking and it's even like about. one police investigate murder cases. Like even looking at Toronto, like oh, will police investigate murder cases? It's like Bruce MacArthur was a serial killer in the that was targeting police- gay men. Don't care about gay people. They especially don't care about gay people of color. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like they were like the police actively denied that that was happening. Mm-hmm. The police silenced us, and then when they got called out for not doing anything, the police chief said to the the village that was telling them that they didn't he speak out. He blamed us, it. and they blamed us for it. Yeah, and like and it was our fault. And then they got a police, and they got a budget increase, which is like. That's insane. It's an insane thing that we are trained to just like give money oh. to the police. Whenever. No, no, they got a four billion dollar budget increase. Yeah. I mean, like if four even billion. that doesn't really move you as a person, they couldn't even solve that billionaire's murder. So, like, honestly, billion. all counts of privilege. They just, like, yeah. like they just are really bad at their jobs. It's like, literally fucked. Like, like yeah. honestly, like, <laughs> like no, I'm sorry. They, it's because they are militia. They are not. <laughs> They do not get money to help us. They get money to act as, like, what's it called? Terrorists towards us. Yeah. They, like, like, I don't know if that's the right word, us. but, like, they act like they are. It's social. Well, police are social force. oppression. Like, yes. Like, there's a lot of talk about, like, oh, defunding the police. And, like, what that means is that, like, taking uh, uh, 
like this the fair inspectors that are in Toronto removing mm-hmm. them and then putting their salaries towards making public transportation free. And yes. that way you wouldn't need fair inspectors. Like what? Like, like we have a co- like that's again, a simple we have a solution. city of poor people. They must know this now that they have given us money that actually helps us survive. Some yeah. of us haven't never had this much money before. And so I know. they're literally sitting here acting yeah. like like you don't you're not in a poor ass city like that can't afford to take transit and then you wonder why you're getting so many people not paying transit and then you're attacking black people on transit for not paying their transit when they can't afford to yeah. eat yeah and like Fuck brutalizing off. brutalizing black people when they can't yes. pay for transit abusing like them. these these are not a cop these aren't cops either like they're not cops they can't they don't have jurisdiction but they no. brutalize people for not paying their fare and it's I like know. it's three like I how s- much are you willing to like Take I literally told them. I literally told them I wasn't like when I got a ticket. I said I'm not gonna pay this, and she was like, "Uh, she you know she was very nice. She really was nice to me, but they were already they were already hassling other people on this ride, right? Like they're already hassling yeah. people of color who are not me, who are not a little blonde girl. And I was like, listen, I'm too poor to pay this. I'm not. There is no way I'm going to pay this. I take transit for an hour and a half to get to work. Like, you can fuck off. Yeah. And she was like, okay, don't pay it. Like, they'll probably, you'll probably, you know, see you in court. Never got a call. Never got, like, nobody did shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, and that's what? the thing. It's like. <laughs> like, clearly, what uh, the yeah, fuck? You're the not thing. a cop. Like, what the fuck? Why are you threatening people with this? Yeah, and even like the homeless population that does take up a lot of space on the mm-hmm. on the subway, like that's a problem because like again, like take this take those salaries and then invest in low income housing and yep. shel- more shelters for the homeless, well, so they don't have to sleep on streetcars. This is exactly like, what. Yeah. Is, oh, sorry, Bridget, like a difference. Oh, I was just thinking. Uh, this was like a. Uh, I had to take transit quite a bit this year because of my job, which I don't normally yeah. in the past. I've had the privilege of living pretty close to my workplaces. And, okay. Um. But uh, to get to the uh, theater that I, I frequently um, at, I had to take transit quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this one gentleman who definitely uh, smelled of death is the like just like a, oh, no. a fascinating amount of bad smells coming from this man. Right. You could tell he stays in because the, the coal car smells like him. So he's been there for a I while. Know. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was it made news at one point being yeah. like the smelly car because like at one point, I think. One of the TTC uh, drivers over the intercoms be like, stop complaining to me. Complain to blank and blank if you want this person to get off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it goes to show that, like, the system means so this man is probably not well if he's yes. smelling this bad and he's kind of can. Oh, and this is like, you know, Toronto is fucking minus 30. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you haven't been outside in minus 30. Now imagine being out there for eight, you know, 24 hours a day trying to sleep right so clearly like there what system is there to rescue this poor man from the situation well like that's what i was gonna say so like that's what i was gonna say is like what like where is he supposed to sleep fucking the cops go and like throw tent city into the river like yeah yeah take people's homes the only place they can sleep the only place they can bathe and they just like ruin them so where the hell are they supposed to go like i don't like i don't know what this city thinks it's fucking doing yeah but then it's the question of like where is the empathy why well i know why we had to have it built a uh 
um, a, a society on empathy. We've built it on mm-hmm. like a society of like uh, of gains, right? Like mm-hmm. it's the idea of like moving forward as much as you can so that you don't have to be in that position. But there's sort of like a point where you're like, not everyone can play this system at a, like the ex, you know at the level that Toronto ex, apparently expects you to play it, right? Right. So many exactly. people. So uh, like the the real question is like uh yeah like this is it's all about like questioning these systems and then trying to figure out ways how how can Mm -hmm. we undo like i yeah uh, there was like that great slideshow series where it's just like infographs explaining like what would be different systems in place yes Um, chris sent it to me thank you chris yeah it's uh and i think it really points to the point of like i think is a really great way of like uh sort of deconstructing your like the understanding of how a police should work because like i also think like (laughs) If any other job you had a body count. Yes, uh, right? Like any other job. Do- if a doctor had a body count, that doctor would be sued for malpractice is, and wouldn't be working right? anymore. Uh, if I had a body yeah. count, uh, people would be like, what the fuck are you doing with those dogs? Like, right? No. If I had a body count, yeah. they'd be like, um... Are you stabbing people while you're dressing them? I don't understand what's <laughs> like, happening. Like, uh, they look great. Yeah, that's what they wanted. If yeah. there's human collateral bled out to do your job, yeah. then that yeah. means it's criminal. But then it goes yes. to show that the next level is like now we have to also question our legal system because they're also complicit, right? Like mm-hmm. it's um so now we have to like cut the ties between our our um you know the uh, the law and the order, I guess. <laughs> Law and order has fucked us up. We need to cut those. We got to cut them away from yeah. each other, you know? And that's also something that we've been talking about, too, is the fetishization of police in media. Like, they've mm. been looking like the heroes, the, like, oh, yeah, there might be some bad cops, but these are the cops that are good. And it's like, no, a lot of them probably uh, are part of the problem, too. Like, right? <laughs> Brooklyn Nine-Nine so is a fantasy. Yes. It isn't a yes. reality. It's not real it's life. Fiction. And, like, you can't think that that is because the diversity alone is like yeah yeah the diversity alone makes it fiction right uh i saw a very um moving video because this is something that's been sitting on my mind for a while in the last couple of days is like Mm -hmm. what do you black police feel Mm because like what a strange place to be at where you are part of the oppressor but you're being oppressed and i saw this like kind of beautiful video it's like part of the protests that are happening in the states and it's like zooms in and there's this black policeman and he's standing there watching over but you can see him slowly mutter my life matters like you can yeah. see like the conflict um i don't know i was super moved by it because you can see uh it, like yeah there are still listen i'm not here to say no, the police are course. super evil it's clearly complicit within the system that for you yes. know that creates because there are bad apples don't get me it's wrong just, and you know what the full um, it's unfair um, and unfortunate that people went into this profession wanting to do something good mm-hmm. and it's just not that and like frank like if you wrote if you've read uh like um anything about frank shapiro uh stuff malik just posted a thing about him and i didn't know who he was but apparently there's a movie called shapiro from 1973 with al pacino and it's about him uh he basically whistle like was a whistleblower for the for the nypd and he uh, called out the NYPD for corruption. And then he got, basically got shot for it. Basically, like, was transferred over to the narcotics division, went to do a drug bust, and then all of his fellow cops, like, didn't have his back, and then he ended up getting shot. 
Yeah. Um, that was covered in the John Oliver episode in 2014. Yes. It keeps happening. People who try to whistleblow in within, like, the cops. The system. They yeah, get, so like, like, knocked out, right? So. And, yeah, so, Frank, so Frank Shapiro like, wrote an op-ed about this in 2014 as well. So I think that's why it came up. Hmm. Um, and he wrote about Michael Brown and, like, wrote, like, you know, and was basically, like, even though I called this out in the 70s. It's still happening. Like, he's like, I basically got shot for nothing. I called this out. I tried to make changes and people didn't fucking care. And I think that that's just so unfortunate and sad. It's sad that people became cops because of that, because they wanted to solve issues. Well, it's because of the media. They're the heroes, right? They're the right? good guys. They Ugh. protect the communities. Um, yeah. And, uh, but then, ultimately, the system doesn't reflect that anymore. No. And it's like it's like innocence lost in many ways. Like, in mm-hmm. a way, uh, your ignorance is bliss for a reason because you don't know, like, the society you live in because you, you, if you live in a privileged way. But it's so heartbreaking. Like, yeah. um, it's just like, I don't know. It's so, part of me hopes there is change and I hope Yes. To contribute it in a way yeah. that doesn't uh, like I uh, did the black square, not knowing that. Me you too. Know, and, and the next morning I got like so many uh, uh, messages being like, no, girl. And I was like, OK, and, delete. <laughs> yeah. And I deleted it. Uh, and now I'm sort of like, maybe I should have just left it to be complicit of like my ignorance. Right. Mm-hmm. Like like I so I'll admit it now. I, I posted it. Didn't even realize, and now I'm like, oh, suspicious. Was this just a secret way of getting people to slacktivists to silence black voices? Well, I <laughs> feel like that's was... what it was, right? Like, I feel yeah. like it was, yeah. it was racism at play once again. Um, I got and played. I think it's so... I played myself. Well, yeah, we got, basically, like, yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the thing. We want to, God, we want to do well, but we just, we are, as white people, inherently racist, and we have to work to be anti-racist mm-hmm. and it's yes. so and i fuck so the question is what can you do hey listeners you're at this point what can mm-hmm. i do what if you're feeling like yeah. us that level of like fuck man it needs to change so like yep. donate yeah. sign petitions yes. go to protests also yeah do if you've listened to us that. this far and also if you like turned off this podcast at the beginning being like fuck these white people good yeah. Fuck yeah, us. Yeah, like, yeah. We should not be um, dominating the conversation of what needs Absolutely. to be done. We need to, I think, just mm-hmm. provide our resources and listen. Yeah. Exactly. And helping, create space for it. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, that's the fucking, like, the thing that I, um, going back to talking about that, um, oh, I wish I knew her name, who made the video for uh, Toronto White Creators. Yeah. Or it's like, are you listening now? Um, she talked about white women singing your daddy's son from Ragtime. That to yeah. me was so shocking. I mean, everything she said obviously was so on point, but that to me was shocking because that's so fucking racist. And I was like, I like, you know, spent years in, uh, in theater school, like, and thankfully never heard that, but like, I still am complacent in that. You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of culture we had in theater yeah. schools. Like, also the kind of culture we have, right? Like, currently, like, I don't say yes. had, it's have. Yes, have. But like, in theater school, I never would have thought, um, because I didn't even think about the fact that I didn't have any teachers of, of color. 
you know, like, and I went to theater school and film school and what? Yeah. But I think that's the thing. It's like, we don't notice the lack of color because we are, Mm -hmm. none of us are colored. So it's like, yeah. We all we don't notice the whiteness because we're all white, so we're all used to it. Yeah. But when well, a person of color steps into a white space, they're so hyper aware. I was white and also came from a very white place. Yeah. You know, like I like literally lived where like I have thankfully we're still friends, but I have one black friend from when I was growing up. Hmm. Like yeah. you I know, have, like we I had been... no friends. So <laughs> I had no friends. <laughs> uh, um I, but like that's yeah. like the big like the thing that like I like that sucks is me looking back at that time of being in theater school, having a lot of black friends who were in theater school and film and television school with me um, and not thinking about like how these like songs that were apparently, you know, made for white people only. But then people were out here singing fucking songs from ragtime. I'm like, yeah, what? Like, that's shame. So shameful. So like, ugh. But that was, yeah. like, everything she said was obviously just, like, so on point. But that was the thing that I literally, like, texted Allison and went, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> white people are out here singing, <laughs> singing your daddy's son? And Allison, um, our friend Allison Haynes, who teaches children piano and singing, was like, oh, the amount of kids I've had to be like, no, no. You can't sing these songs. <laughs> like. Yeah. Because first, here's the thing black people and people of color should be able to sing any song that they want um from most musical theater because like except for like the Mikado and other things that are specifically about race because none of those things are about race they're not based on race yeah if we're out here and we're fucking singing ragtime songs that's based on race we shouldn't be doing that yeah and even i saw a video on twitter circulating uh and it was somebody who's like well, like black people say the N word, why can't we say it? And it's like, what? well, like one, it's the it's the co opting of language, so we're reappropriating yes. it. And two, mm-hmm. like black people have already been oppressed enough, and now you're trying to oppress their language and their but expression. That like, is a word that's... of oppression. If you know anything about the slave yeah. trade, yeah, they're allowed to say it. We fucking aren't. What? Yeah. Why also, do you want well, to? Even, like, you... This goes with like. <laughs> this goes with like theater or any role it's like why Mm -hmm. can this person play but i can't it's like they've been oppressed for so long yes why are you trying to oppress them also why would you want to sing a song about slavery about the black experience you don't the thing about acting and about theater is coming from your experience like coming from your lived experience you haven't lived that experience yeah at all like what? Like that's like that to me was fucking insane. The fact that she had to sit through girls singing that song is disgusting. Yeah, that's it's awful. Appalling. What the fuck? Yeah. Like I, yeah. I sorry, Bridget, so, like, I cut you off. Sorry, Bridget. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. I was just gonna say like um oh gosh, what was I gonna say? Lost my train of thought. I agree on all of these fronts. I was just thinking of like how um. It ties into the Riverdale's racist perspective too, right? Because mm-hmm. like, there's yes. clearly like, um, uh, obviously like there's a lot of singing within the show as well, and like yeah. Ashley Murray gets to be the singer per se. Yes, but it feels like they use her a lot as just like a sort of a fixture, a prop. 
Like a lot of well, her songs usually have, she doesn't get to do the emotionally connected to what's happening to the episode yeah. songs. She usually just well, gets to be no. a prop song. I was just thinking about today. I was thinking about uh, the Heather's episode, right? Yeah, which she's is yeah. cast as Veronica podcast. Sawyer, and then doesn't sing any Veronica Sawyer songs except for her duet with Archie. Which I'm like, that's insane. Which she what? doesn't even really sing. She sings like at the end. She doesn't even yeah. sing the whole song. Like what? Like it already gets co-opted from her. Uh, like, and that's part of the yeah. But also, good point on Riverdale. We should probably round back to like. What's mm-hmm. happening with Riverdale currently? Because yeah. Vanessa Morgan, Vanessa Morgan, took a Twitter queen. during all this. Uh, Vanessa Morgan, we stand Vanessa Morgan. We have been out here standing mm-hmm. Vanessa Morgan since the beginning. Yes. Um, but she took a Twitter and basically called out the treatment of her on the show about how yes. she's the least paid cast member. How about mm-hmm. how she's constantly her character gets centered around Cheryl and the white voices in the show? Which mm-hmm. yes, um, we've been pointing that out too. And finally, the Riverdale community listened. The Riverdale writers room acknowledged the mm-hmm. their their privilege and their misgivings. The fact that they've treated the Pussycats, uh, uh, Tony, even Veronica, like yes. poorly. Like they, I'm glad they admitted all to treating. Spoke up. Yeah, I'm so proud. I mean, like not <sighs> proud. Like I'm so happy that we're finally yes addressing it and that they're finally addressing it on the show like and that they apologized for it that's all they needed to do was they donated uh they opened their purses Mm -hmm. they donated to uh they donated to black lives matter and then they also promised to give people of color better storylines and better now we have to see that on the show right like that's the next step yeah and we're watching we'll know yeah Um, we're watching it we will know i wanted Um, to get back to the point though uh chris i think it's good to be at least proud of like how Vanessa Morgan because I feel like she a was very dignified you know like she had to Absolutely. address something and it's so scary mm-hmm. to call out this is your employer yes. it must they have been terrifying have casted her. people of color in the show before mm-hmm. with very little fanfare Reggie. you know what I mean mm-hmm. like there is that I can't like can you imagine like you're a main character but there's still it like this happens all the time especially to people of color like look at like yes. uh Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is another one that comes to my mind that like they'll be happy to replace you even if you're a principal character mm-hmm. like the you know yeah. and so that's like a real fear right so the fact well, that she I took a that... huge stand to like say i feel like i'm just a prop mm-hmm. in the show you know well and, and i feel like that's what people say like like that's what um needed to happen you know what i mean like i think that you're exactly right with like how scary and how brave you need to be and the fact that so many people were behind her, because what if they weren't? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's worse. That's the worse is to think about them not is, being. Yeah, because yeah. well, the Riverdale fan community famously is very white and also, God, like, God. love standing white queens. So, like, they all stand Lily Reinhardt, but will they stand Vanessa Morgan if she speaks yeah. up? And I'm sure that was going through her mind, because she also got mm-hmm. a lot of hate when she first entered the show and stirred up uh, Jughead and Betty, kind of Absolutely. drove a wedge in She did, yeah. So... Yeah. She so she so hasn't much been hate. well received. Well, and yeah, it wasn't she hasn't been her well fault. from the Riverdale fan community. Yeah, it's not her fault. And then, um, I mean, luckily the Riverdale fan community stood behind her mm-hmm. and spoke up for her. And mm-hmm. same with like Ashley Murray, Haley Law, um, Aisha, like that. Like those are like the people that were the subjugators, mm-hmm. like the original people who were treated poorly on the show like all the pussycats got well we're yeah. supposed to be like it was baffling to me when i read that the pussycats were supposed to be main characters in the show yep and that they got just written off the show because they got they got off the show, even though all three of them are so talented 
That's the thing that's so insane talented. to me. It's like and very you good have... at holding stuff, carrying yes. like their scenes and like <laughs> they're really good at holding cell phones, microphones. Yeah, yeah they can hold a cell phone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> holding Fred's pride in his town. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yes, Fred loves the Pussycats famously. Um, yeah, yeah. If only like, most straight white men love the Pussycats as much as Fred would, would we be able to stab at these uh, systems and get them to like take down? Maybe. Yeah. Well, and well, it's also like, I also got into a lot of fights on Twitter, like through. Sorry, Candace. No, no, um, no, go. They got into a, they got into a lot of fights on Twitter through our Riverdale Rude Dudes Twitter page because people were commenting, being like, "But she is a, not a main character," and I was like, "But Shut we got to recognize why that is. Like, she could yes. be a main character, and she yes. all, and she kind of is a main character, but she uh-huh. gets sidelined, and you see you see her become a background player in all these scenes. Yes. You see her become a background player to the story. You see her." being this like basically like uh mm-hmm. symbol of like like white guilt that we can funnel our own like oh god we do need to change like she is the right? emotional labor for a lot of the race stuff and the lgbtq stuff on that show always like, season three there was a whole episode yes. where she basically did the emotional labor for cheryl to learn her about her privilege mm-hmm. and that's not okay no and, like, and even that's not the first okay season, the pussycats if you look at their storyline really what they were used for was for Archie to be able to funnel his songs yep. to an all woman of color group. Like that right? was very much like, this is our brand. We're not going to let some white asshole come in here and write for us. But then right. they let him write for them. I like, know. That is I was like, what? out of character and not good um, writing. Like no. it would have been easier if you had cut them off, let them do their own thing and then let them clash with Archie. That would have been a more, one more interesting storyline. And it would have made the music more prevalent in the show too if you don't have any black writers in your writer's room i mean you wouldn't end up having what they did to poor chuck can we talk right? about chuck oh i my feel God. like the chuck way people. they handled chuck was such a terrible well especially at the beginning because like they made him like the you know and you know what rapey mm-hmm. characters exist all the time in fact nick st Clair, i think made a better rapey character i mean, you know absolutely. I mean? it could have been chuck and kevin and then moose could have been a rapist mm-hmm. yeah like, that could have been an but- easy change or like cast Chuck as the Moose character, like the actor who plays Moose could have been Chuck, and the yeah. actor who played Chuck could have been Moose. Like, like, there's there was some interchangeability there. Like they could have done that instead. It's just like there's these weird like, like lynching illusions. You know what I mean? Like the fact that they like were ready to murder this boy, almost to me. You know what I mean? Whereas like uh, yes, eh. well, that's what we're talking about when we say like representation matters. Is uh-huh. that it's not the fact that they because Riverdale is a very diverse cast. Yeah, but the way that they ha- handle that diversity is bad. Yeah, which yeah. is like That's you what... don't let half the black characters talk. What happened to Mad Dog? Where did he oh, go? Where the last is thing Monroe? We... Where last is he? Th- last thing we have is the implication is that he has an opioid addiction. That's the last thing we know about him. Like, like what? what? Yeah. Um, That's also okay. Like that's yeah. a crazy thing. Yeah. Yes. And like uh, they tried to make it positive with Monroe, but like mm-hmm. it's just. Uh, I, like like I said, they drop it off the face of the earth. This guy was gonna be a main character. He was such a main player, like in like the the plot lines that are following around Archie and stuff. And right? then he just disappears, just because you needed to get Frank Castle into the show. Did we really need Frank Castle in the show? I, oh, don't even get me <laughs> effing started with that storyline. Um, well, the thing is that they could have done. They could have had the full Frank Castle storyline, but yes. they just needed to address Monroe's drug addiction like literal drug addiction like they that could have been like a really interesting storyline that they could have followed but they just never Absolutely. followed through on that 
and denial is implicit in racism too. Yes. That's the thing that we need to understand is that when we say, oh, like when we get defensive over being called out, like even in the moment when somebody's like, you're being racist. And I go, well, I'm not, I'm not racist. It's like, yeah. oh no, in that moment I might've been. And I should acknowledge that mm -hmm. and be like, I'm sorry. Like you have I'm so preconceived I'm sorry, I will... bias because everyone does. Yeah. And that's what we're supposed to be working on is what you're, what you've been taught what you've witnessed and knowing yeah. the difference, right? Like, I yeah. Think yeah. How to change things. Yeah. Stop. Uh, yeah. If you see, you're like, okay, I, my natural inclination is, uh, you know, the cross the street. If I see someone of a certain, you know, color of skin, like now you got to think why you do that. Right. Now you're going to be like, why do I feel threatened? What's yeah. going on? I got to undo this. <laughs> Instead, I mean, a lot of women. The police and like always keep your eyes on them because, like, yeah, that's the yeah. maybe the most dangerous person here. Yeah, I know a lot of women cross the street when they see a man in general. So yeah. it's like mm -hmm. I'm aware of that when I walk when I walk down the street and I'm behind a woman, I will try to cross the street to like signal to her that I'm like I'm not trying to get in your space, girl. Yeah. Like you live your life. Like I've I never had a like, positive a interaction with the police ever. And yeah. I'm a white yeah. person. So. so, but the real question is, is that's the, that's the work, right? It's like you have to start uh, educating yourself, learn the names, never forget them, I think. Like, it's easy to say it now because it's been a week in. You know what I mean? Like, it's been a week in of trying yeah. to be a good ally. And I think it's just like, like, this is the this is the habits that I find myself trying to get into is like looking for petitions to sign to see like where mm -hmm. are the, learn about your politicians. Who are you voting for? Yes. What are they complicitly yeah. trying to do? What are their well, stances on these things? If you've been emailing any of your representatives for the last week, You'll know some of them are bad. <laughs> like, yeah. Because you'll get things back from them. Yeah. That'll be actively looking at who we're voting for. That's the mm -hmm. thing is like also fighting it out. Like it's hard to look at this on a macro level and be like, there's so much racism. What can I do? It's like, yep. we'll start small, start like everyday yes. life things that you do, like supporting black businesses, donating to charities when you can. Um, looking at your representatives, what do they represent? Will they defund the police? Are they for everybody? Will they will they benefit the greater not just you as a white person, but the greater society? Like yeah. everybody. I've been emailing everybody for I've been emailing everybody all week um, for several different reasons, and all and you can you know inherently from the from what from the emails you get back from people. Yeah. And the emails you don't. The lack of emails is very bad and very telling. I haven't gotten a single non-auto response email from any representative. Really? Like that's I've gotten a few. Yeah, like, and I will say that like there and you but but none. Not I've even John Tory. Like John Tory gave me a uh, auto response. I've only huh? gotten them from people of color. John Tory sent me a few responses. And then Merritt Styles, who is a queen. Um yeah. otherwise. I mean John Tory has not sent me an email. He sent me an auto response email that he was giving, like that his staff uh, was giving out to everybody about Regis Korchinski Paquette. Yes. Uh, which is one of the violence of police brutality in Toronto. One of the first that kind of ignited a lot of the Toronto stuff. Um, I got a few emails back about Regis that were very well informed, but here's the thing about those emails. Um, they say that they're doing, um, uh, what's it called? Transparent investigations. Where? Um, yeah, I've seen. And also tell what's transparency. No updates right? in any. We've seen no updates on the news. We've seen no updates in the paper. 
So where? Where is this, like... Transparent investigation. Also, the investigation uh, agency that they hired, the special, the, spe- the SIU, the S- yes. Special Investigation Unit that they uh-huh. hired, only 3.5% of their cases ever get solved. What so, like, who are you hiring? That's what? also the thing, too, is that, like, the body that you're hiring yeah. isn't necessarily the most efficient to be able to deal with this. So... Like, again, that's why we need to, like, reform the whole system yeah. that we live in because why? we can be like, well, they're hiring a unit. It's Ooh. like, well, that unit's also shitty, too. It's like, yeah. well, then hire somebody else. It's like, well, they can't because everybody else is shitty. It's like, well, why is everything else shitty? It's like, because we elect lawmakers who make laws against fucking everybody. Well, so. because we weren't informed. Ugh. Because we we were not informing ourselves. We were yeah. not being yeah. informed. Because the media, the media is something that I know about because my dad's a journalist. So that's the only reason I know about it at all. You know what I mean? Like, that's the only reason I, like, look closer at my media. And the truth about the media yeah. is everybody's like, oh, the media is so shit. Like, like, why are they not reporting the right things? I'm like, well, the media is owned by conservatives and Republicans. It's owned by anti-climate organizations. Like, they don't, they're not going to give a fuck. That's why you get so many reporters yeah. who are so yeah. fucking bad at their jobs. Like... You you have to look at where your sources are coming from and what actually is at the like top tippity top tippity top level. And yeah, that's the thing too is that you got to look at your sources because yeah. a lot of people who are anti-protest, anti-looting, mm-hmm. anti anti uh like are for police for Trump. They look at stuff and the they are like, well, right now. Uh, this news article too said this. And it's like, yep. well, that's not news. That's a blog, honey. Like, yes. learn the difference. Like, that's yeah. a blog post. What are you talking about? Like, but also, that's like, the, these yeah. are the same people who are like, uh, why do anti vaxxers exist? Like, why? I think it's like willful ignorance, right? I, at this point, if you're unable to use the internet to um, disseminate information from, like, truth or falsehoods, I mean, it's very easy to fall into these traps, as we can see. Like, the Black Square is a very good example of, like, mm-hmm. even, like, us in our pink-go-liberal circle, like, we right. immediately fell for it very easily. So, like, but then you yeah. see the research, and then you're like, fuck. Like, so the question is, it's like, why are you choosing to believe this? Why in your heart do you believe it? Because I think it becomes a question of less of uh, uh, not knowing how to judge sources. But there is some sort of other reason to prevent. Like, why would you be an anti-vaxxer in a time of a viral age? You know, like, why bring back dead diseases like polio? And you hear a lot of people and like in America, especially like obviously Canada, extremely racist. Um, but um, Canada is one of the most educated per capita countries in the world, and still we have anti-vaxxers. Yeah, like, why do we have MLMs? It what? takes literally thirty seconds to look up why an MLM doesn't work in an economic what? venue. And it you takes know thirty how many seconds. Mom friends I have who are MLMs, who like are yeah. a part of MLMs. Yeah. Like it's crazy. And the anti-vaxxer thing is, like, um, the number of comedians who have jokes about their partners being anti-vaxxers, I'm, like... It's disturbing. horrifying. That's it's so like, you might have Break up with your partners. Now. What are we doing? Know of. I'm, like, yeah. so you got, I think... I'm, I'm, like, so wait, so wait, so wait. Like, so your kids are not getting... Va- I mean, you're vaccinating your kids behind your partner's back because your partner's an anti-vaxxer. And, like, you're being, like, <laughs> isn't it so crazy? I'm, like, uh, yeah. It's crazy. Yes, Why'd it you marry so that crazy. person? 
yeah, that person who hates yeah. science so much. Like, <laughs> um, but then it becomes this question of like, why do these people believe the things they do? Because I think there's a lot more of them than right. we realize. That's why like there are the like, anti looters. Oh. It's like they don't. No, no. There's so many want to do the work. Realize there's so many they... more than we realize, and it's because of complacency, right? Like it's because mm-hmm. we don't look at the politics of our friends. We don't look at the politics of our family. We don't yeah. judge them. We're very much like or, kumbaya. Like we like all like let's all love each other. Well, even like uh, like uh, we look at the politics of our family and we let mm-hmm. it slide. Yes. Like your racist, homophobic uncle who says that one thing, you don't call it out. And you and know that's what? what? And I will say, also share a story too that like mm-hmm. I had a huge fight with my little brother like right. 2018 about racism, like about how we're all racist. We all need to look at our own racial biases. And he was very much like, I'm not racist. And I was like, well, no, you are. I am too. Like, I'm not calling you that as a negative thing. I think we should just all look at it. We had a huge fight about this, like this huge point. I mean, like my little brother, not like a white supremacist racist, but like, again, like we all have racial biases. We should all examine them. And he refused to. And I called him out on it. I'm like, you should, you shouldn't refuse to, you should look at it and like learn from and learn from your privilege and learn. Like we all have privileges. Like, well, like we were poor. It's like, well, we weren't food stamps poor we were poor we didn't have a lot of money but like there's people who are worse off than we are Mm -hmm. and we got to learn from that yeah and i will say he was the first out of my entire family to post about this so okay like it having the hard conversations yeah yeah you can change people's minds and people's minds can be changed like i was shocked when i saw him posting about that i was like very it's like really weird to think about where i'm from but so my family is, you know, I am one eighth Mohawk. I don't want to even talk about it. Uh, whatever, doesn't matter. Uh, you know, I come, like, I come from I'm a very... that kind of stereotype. Let's not even let's not even touch upon yeah. it. Yes, enough for a, a card, but not enough heavy, to get identify. I come from a very heavily Native and Indigenous place. Hmm. So it's very weird to see how much um racism there is there because right. nobody is because it's very it's a very weird thing where everyone is against being racist towards indigenous people because everybody has indigenous blood but they're all they all don't mention their indigenous blood you know what i mean like it's not like anybody lives on, like obviously there are people who live on reserves but a lot of people don't from that area of south of southeastern ontario a lot of people don't live on the reserves even though they are native they do have native blood they could have band cards if they wanted you know that kind of thing Mm. yeah but it's a very but like but there are no other people of color like i mean and if there are they're very few um and a lot of those like these homogenized zones i find that are because even my grandparents are immigrants Mm -hmm. like my grandparents immigrated here from greece when they yes. were in the in the mid twentieth uh, century, mm-hmm. um, and even Greece, both. very racist because it's very homogenous. Like it's a cultural thing because like there's not a lot of like black Greek people, and when there is, I'm always just like, "What is your story? Yeah, Where who did are you come you? What's from?" Up? Like who fuck? Like that's the thing. It's like <laughs> there's not a lot. There's not a lot of like homogen there's not a lot of diversity yeah. in Greece. And that's why Canada and the States is such a weird melting pot because mm-hmm. it is so diverse and we are kind of 
a culture that is because we are like a mecca epicenter of like culture yes so a lot of cultures want to come here Mm -hmm. so we get a homogenized culture we don't really have a culture of our own it's kind of like a mish melting pot of just kind of like all these other things and that's why like in america specifically like canada united states we are dealing with this uh racism at an unprecedented level because we do have a, a bigger melting pot than some other countries like you don't see a lot of people of color in Greece because mm-hmm. not a lot of people of color live there because it's mostly white. Like because that's a Greek thing, so right. they don't have to deal with racism because there's no other races really. Mm. And they're and like people are like if you go to Greece, you don't speak Greek, like you're gonna get scammed. Like that's yes. all I'm gonna say. Yes, right yes, now. yes, yes. Well, that's the same as Brazil, you. right? Like you're gonna get fucking robbed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but I feel like it. Uh, yeah, that's why I think that's why these systems are so insidious in um, North America because it just underlines the hypocrisy of like as a nation uh both canada and the united states because freedom is a huge theme freedom of uh, but it was built on colonizing and it was built on colonizing by taking other people and like removing the people that were there (laughs) you are so exactly right because my grandmother is half mohawk right Mm -hmm. um she didn't go to school past age 13 she worked in factories she like you know like she had family who lived in a reserve blah 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 she is so fucking racist like yeah like i say that as like something i've been saying my whole life you know what i mean i'm not embarrassed to say that i think it's horrible but you can't teach somebody who's uh, so uneducated so like pro like anti obama's like very like yeah. you know and yeah. with no education behind her so there's nothing like it's not like she's no, it's it's not like anything that she's like any media she's consuming is mm. helping her in any you know what I mean? Yeah. It's and not, also, like, I don't even know how to say it. Like I like I don't even know, like deeply religious, but like deeply religious and also just says things about people when she has no idea. She doesn't see people of other she first of all, she's a woman in her late seventies, living like in her home, obviously right now, not doing anything. Mm-hmm right so like not walking outside of her door but living in such a small community of all white people and all native white people like all people who are indigenous and white that it's just like like you know what I mean she wouldn't even have a concept so things she says you can't even take seriously because you're like yeah. you don't know shit like yeah and then the question is, is like, how do you educate that group of people right? like how like, do you educate people who don't have the education nor the experience of dealing with different groups because like with toronto it's just a natural reflex of like uh, survival skills because like humans are social creatures right so we all live in this big city and the reality is is that we can't be tearing each other apart for differences every day like that's just not how a civilization can form although we've created some systems to you know oppress each other so i guess there's that but like um but yeah, it's just the question of like, uh, yeah, like it, this is also the privilege of living in a large city and having experiences of being able to interact with people because yeah. like it's like that all over rural, all, everywhere in rural Canada. Like speaking of like small town New Brunswick, like so that like that's what I'm like trying to say is that it's 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 all well and good to be able to say like, oh, confront your your racist uh, parents and grandparents, and but a lot of you know a lot of black people are also saying like you know be safe in doing that. And I think it's true to form. We just are, a lot of us are from places that just, like, don't 
have that concept. They've never seen anything. My mom didn't see a black person until she went to college. Yeah. Like, so until she was 19, she had not seen it. She literally didn't know they existed. She didn't know, like, if she had a black and white TV, you know what I mean? And didn't, like, see the differences in, like, it's just not, it's not something they had a concept yeah. of it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, like, something that they... I mean, yeah. Well, so we talk about homogenization is that, like, a lot of these places, like, Minnesota had this thing where they're like, we're not racist. And then I think I think I watched Jane Elliott. Uh there's a documentary on Netflix that's free. Um, about Jane Elliott, she's just talking about race in America and how we all are racist. Um, and the implicit base right racial bias. And she would go to schools in like Minneapolis and like smaller towns and they'd be like, Well, we're not racist. And it's like, Okay, cool, where are your people yeah, of color? They're like, Oh, we don't have any. It's like, Well then you're racist. Like well- like it be, it's because you don't have these people doesn't mean you don't have these Well, that's problems. exactly it, right? Is that, like, if you don't know anything, that means you are inherently racist because you don't know anything. You don't have yeah. people. Yeah, and also it's, like, um, part of the society that we live in, which is capitalist, is meant to be selfish and self-serving. So we only think about ourselves. So when we vote and we, when we vote in our political elections, we're only thinking about what's best for us. So we never think about what's better for a whole society. That's why, like, socialist countries, sorry, do better. And they, like, pay higher taxes and they pay more into their government system. That's because socialism is better. I don't give a shit. But then the argument I would have is it makes sense. The socialist countries I think of are, like, the Scandinavians. That's, like, the first countries that pop into my brain. Yeah. Who are also very How homogenous diverse too. are so they that's... though? They're pretty homogenous, yeah. right? Like, so like the question is, is like we have to address the fact that racism is inherently blocking us from being able to become socialists. Absolutely. Inherently. Yes. And that's what I mean, is that socialism as as an entity is better. Um, but because we live in an individualistic and capitalist society that we continue to uphold, it's impossible for us to be socialists. Even when we yeah. want to be. Because the powers yeah, of beer are like, just, it, But you. it shows, like, uh, to have everyone equal, you have to admit the fact that everyone's equal. And, like, as obviously what's been shown right now is it's not. Um, so, um, was my, I don't know what my point was. I just Your was point like, was just right. You're just socialism right. Socialism with racism, though, guys. We gotta stop being No, the racist. point is you're just being right. You're just <laughs> saying, like, this is literally what's happening in the world. We can't change these politics because they are so within the framework of our society yeah and that's i think we're all losing steam so i think we should call it there yeah Um, (laughs) uh final statements though maybe yeah yeah mvp's favorite moments (laughs) um no my mvp is uh well we should all like i i've been looking up a lot of charities and like something i want to shout out is like go look up a, a local charity or a local barrel up fund in your own community that affects your community yes. specifically and donate to that donate to that black charity in your community so for toronto i will shout out black women yes. in motion i've been shouting them out a lot uh they help black women uh, who are survivors of sexual violence and they empower them they uplift them they work on workshops uh they provide a lot of great resources for them so uh donate to them obviously don't don't do black lives matter uh, Toronto and also yeah there's a lot of bailout funds where you can just like split between all of them if you don't live in a city that's having a lot of massive arrests um, or like you don't know where the bailout funds in your community they'll point you to them so go go look at the, go, go look up those 
Cool. That's my charity shout out. That's cool. my MVP. Black uh, Women in Motion. I would like to do because I think you, that's a great, uh, good, uh, comprehensive look at some basic big charities to support. I would like to do a shout out to a local black owned business, which is uh, it's called a different book list. Yeah, it's the best. A different book list. Um, they are a black owned bookstore. Uh, found on Bathurst and Bloor, just like slightly south of They're it. Literally uh, the best. Used to be close to the Honest Ed block. Uh, and the cool thing about it is, like, I've always struggled with like having to buy books that aren't. I'm arguably a book addict, but like the struggle of like uh buying books not from a giant mega corporation yes. like Indigo. So like this is great. They have like yeah. a huge, just a huge um like library of things that they'll, they'll order. Uh, during uh, the, these COVID times, you can go do pickups or uh, have them delivered here here in Toronto. Um, so shout out to them. That's going to be my Yay. MVP. Um, Please support. I've already ordered great. some true crime books, so I'm very excited. Oh, yes. You already read some that I need to borrow awesome. from you. I forgot. Um, okay. Right. So I think that uh, therapy for black girls it should be um, what you donate to if you can. It is not... Um, uh, a Canadian or American uh, association, but it is one for therapy for black girls. And I think that therapy and mental health right now for black people is very important. Um, And so please look them up. They're doing a lot of great work. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, I should also say another thing as well for donating is uh, especially for protesting right now, mm-hmm. if you want something you feel like you can immediately help is uh, helping uh, COVID protection for protests. Yes. Oh, Chris Robinson it's has nice. one. I feel like it's a best interest for everybody to keep protesters safe, uh, have medical supplies available, because then it keeps the communities outside of it safe as well, right? Because it lessens the chance of spread of disease to that population, which is greatly uh, impacted more than any other uh, demographic. So, like, um, that's yes. really good. Uh, Toronto bailout fund, important. Um, Split yes. bailout funds are good too, because then you can just like donate to all of them all at the same time. Yeah, but again, go to the target one in your community, but also try to donate because like people who are getting arrested right now, we didn't even touch on that. We like, didn't. We, we didn't even say so. yeah, justice for Regis. Um, mm. hey, yes. you don't have money right now because it's a quarantine, and your country didn't uh, have a system to protect you. <laughs> States, uh, you can go online onto YouTube. There's lots of people who Ooh. are using um uh, YouTube as a way to generate. Uh, ad uh, revenue and donating all the proceeds to Black Lives Matter and other uh, uh, yeah bailout funds as well. So that's something you can look up on YouTube and watch those videos. Stream them for free. Give them your views. Watch the ads. If you if you, you just look like, up uh, Zoe Amira on YouTube, uh, Zoe Amira has a video going on. I think it's about um, twenty to thirty minutes. Um, watch all the ads. Like the ads because that actually helps with revenue. Um, and don't pause it. Uh, and just keep it streaming. Yeah. Also, go watch uh, Black Media. Yes. Not The Help. Don't, Don't watch, watch The, the Help. help. Um, what the fuck? Why are people fucking saying The Help? Like, that's written by white people. It's about it's a, about insane. maids. What? Like, watch yeah. actual documentaries. Yeah. Watch crazy. things on Malcolm X. Watch things on yeah. James Baldwin. Watch, like, actually go out and educate yourself on... Um, yeah. Black influencers. Go watch Bamboozled. Go watch Spike yes. Lee. Like, like, there's so much information for you to learn if you want to start like uh, uh, undoing um, like your own internalized racism. This is the time. Yeah. There's why not? You're in quarantine. You have, Do the work. You have exactly. no like. Ugh. And also, if you want fun, 
if you want fun, there's a lot of black creators like Last Black Man in San Francisco. Ooh, yes. Very good so movie. Good. Um, go watch that. It's not like a documentary about no. education. It's like a very good. It's but very good watch, movie. I saw yeah. it. But watch Great. black shows. Watch black movies. Lovebirds is out with Issa Rae. Go watch yeah, Insecure. Um, watch Insecure because Issa Rae is the best. Yvonne Orji. Just yeah. ha- Insecure, Yvonne, uh, Black Lady Sketch Show. Yvonne Orji has a new stand-up show out on Prime. Watch yeah. that. Go watch Astronomy Club because we're Ugh. only going to get one season of it, guys. We should enjoy Keisha it Keisha Zoller is yeah. the most amazing person in the world. You should definitely be out here watching Astronomy Club because Keisha Zoller deserves all of your likes and views. Just going to say that. Yes. Um, um. So, yeah, go. Yeah. And uh, I would say finally, like, be listen. Yes. Listen to people. Yes. Yeah. Especially if you're mm-hmm. white. Listen to people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen to black people. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you can kind of listen to us. We don't want to be taking up the full conversation, though. You know, like yeah. <laughs> Again, if you turn us off to go to go listen to a black person speak on this, good for you. If you haven't listened to a black person speak on this, go listen to Keep It with Ira Madison. Oh, Ira Madison uh, the, the third. third is the best. Um, um, listen to anything. Yeah, go follow him on Twitter. Um, if we're if we're talking about podcasts. Code Switch on NPR is also an excellent yes. uh, Code Switch. Pod- Yo, is this racist with mm-hmm. Tony Newman? Like um, two dope queens. Uh, you can listen to Two Dope Queens, Two Dope Queens. Um, uh, Sashir Zameda and Nicole Byer have Best Friends. It's a very wholesome show. Best Friends. Uh, centers on black women and it is a wholesome friendship show. And I think that black joy is very important right now. So you should be watching things and listening to things where pe- where black people are happy. Um, so uh, Why Won't You Date Me with Nicole Byer also is really good. She just had an episode out with Monet Exchange. It's a very good episode, and I think that everybody should listen to it. So yes, yeah, yeah. So go support Black creators, support Black yes. businesses, uh, support Black charities if yes, you can. Yes, please, please, please. Um, yes. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Signing off. Goodbye forever. <laughs> I guess <laughs> we'll probably do more of Goodbye. these when uh, inevitably more societal issues crumble. <laughs> because of this quarantine yeah, please listen to us three <laughs> yes. white queer uh, people we love you all <laughs> yeah yeah we love you all stay safe stay sad uh black lives matter uh spread some love black lives matter we need to kisses for love. everybody yeah bye bye, bye. bye.